Welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, the only official, unofficial Baltimore Ravens podcast from the United Kingdom. Well, we're back after a week off. The Baltimore Ravens are down to 53 players. We're back up to four podcast hosts for the last time in a while. Welcome back to the UK Ravens podcast. My name is Gav and I'm once again joined by my friends who I met on the internet. Ian Domain, James Big Time Ogden, and returning from his holiday, Shane Richmond. Did you have a nice time away, Shane? I did, thank you. Slightly drizzly, but, uh, you know, otherwise it was nice. Very nice. Well, looking forward to becoming the host and producer of the UK Ravens podcast for the foreseeable future. Well, it's going to be an interesting and rapid promotion. I've just got back and <laughs> taking the whole thing over. Okay. As we record this, which is currently 14 minutes past nine on Tuesday the 30th of August, the Ravens have just released their final roster cuts to get the roster down to 53 for the regular season. So, guys, let's just sort of react to this live as the news comes in. James, I'm going to come to you first because let's see how long this podcast goes. Dalen Hayes, <laughs> waved, inju- waved injured. What, what What's going on there? Honestly, really don't know. I mean, that's the first, that was the first one that stuck out to me as a, an absolute shocker. Dalen Hayes, just at, at the very least, is a very good run defender, as I've talked about <laughs> at length on this podcast before. Um, he's also an outstanding human being, great locker room presence. I can imagine he would have played on special teams. So it's a real head-scratcher. I'm really not sure what that is, because they're very, very thin at outside linebacker as it is. So to to get rid of a, a promising second-year player who, you know, granted was injured for most of the most of the year last year, uh, is not is an odd one. It's just really an odd one. He's, I just felt like he did have potential as a pass rusher. He, he didn't have a great preseason. Like, he, he was, he didn't really stand out too much in preseason. Um, so he wasn't having a great time of it. But I'm, I'm surprised at, at sort of um, at waving him just immediately like that. That's, um, that's very interesting. And Ian, it's not exactly a position outside linebacker that the Ravens have got spare parts to just be cutting. It's a bit of a, a bit of an odd choice, this one, just in terms of the position battle going on there. Yeah, in, in terms of pure numbers, this this is um this is gonna be a bit of a problem. They they just don't have the numbers. Um fit, they've got Houston. You're hoping OA man's gonna be a hundred percent after his injury, but they're they're extremely thin. Bowser injured. Um I'm, I'm struggling after that. They've, they've released means. I, I imagine he's one of these wink handshake deals. And, and although this is the 53 man roster that's been named, four or five of these guys will, will be very different. Probably by the time people have listened to this podcast. Um, so I, I expect means who they have released is one they're going to have to bring back or they're desperately looking around for someone that's been cut by, by another team. It must be because when you look at the, when you look at the numbers, you know, the, the two guys that are almost definitely going to be released, that are, are almost definitely going to be put onto IR um, uh, post the cutdown are going to be Charlie Kohler and David Ajabo. You would imagine that Charlie Kohler is to make room for the potentially rumoured signing of Kenyon Drake, uh, who won't be on the 53 yet, I would imagine. I would imagine they'll sign him tomorrow at the point at which he can sign. 
players after you've put someone IR. So I would think that Charlie Kohler makes space for him. But then without Dalen Hayes, it's a Jarbo who is who is also going to go on IR. Oway in Houston. And without means too. So a Jarbo clearly is going is going on to is going on to IR. Wait, There's obviously wait, a wait, is that it? James, is that it? That's it. Is that the whole yeah, that's the outside linebacker. Outside so Stephen Means must be coming. I mean, they must be coming back with Stephen Means. That must be a potential conversation. The the other guy that might be coming back as well is Brent Urban. They may be bringing Brent Urban back, um, who they have waived. I think. Um, no, they haven't waived Brent Urban. Have I got that he's, wrong? He's released as a he's released oh, as a vested vet. veteran. Yeah, so yeah. I would think yeah. Brent Urban might be coming back as well. So maybe there's someone else going to IR, but yeah, it, it's there must be somebody coming in because that's very light outside linebacker. But they they have kept Welsh and uh, Ross, haven't they, along with Queen? So maybe Harrison in, yeah. a, in a pinch is going to be forced outside, which isn't ideal. And, and I'm not sure you want him dropping into dropping into coverage and and that sort of stuff as well. So um, yeah, not not ideal. And then Ian. And well, I guess Shane, we're all in this group, James, in the WhatsApp group. A lot of talk about Tyler Beatty today. Um, as you say, James, with Kenyon Drake coming in, do we just think it's a, a numbers game there and, and, and Beatty's just lost out? I was just going to say it's a bit of a surprise, given that he's a draft pick, that you know the Ravens normally want to hang, hang on to rookies that they've actually drafted as opposed to undrafted rookies. Um, there seems to be some sort of concern about how fast Dobbins is going to come back. And um, and so, yeah, maybe they are trying to stock up on running backs who are fit and have got experience and the numbers just don't work out for Beatty. But that's a surprising one because you know, they've, they've put the value of the draft pick into him. So they, they normally really don't like just releasing those guys. Just having a look. Have they kept Josh, got, they've I, kept, I, Josh I, they've kept Josh Oliver? They've kept Josh Oliver. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They have. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of tight ends. And presumably, I'm trying to work out how, what wide receivers they've now got. They've, they've, I, really um, wish, they've, I really wish this was a video podcast. So we, get some, we get some great looks from James as we regard this. They, <laughs> you can see the cogs spinning. A, a lot of the talk was about O-line as well. So, so they've usually kept nine. Everyone was saying they were going to keep 10 this year. They've actually, actually got 11 at the minute. 11 O-line on, on the roster. That something's got to change there that you can't carry that many now, surely one of those is getting traded you would think either um, traded or maybe one of them which at some point we probably should have a discussion about maybe Ronnie Stanley is going to get stuck on IR um, mm. we don't, you know they took him off pop but he hasn't practiced the last couple of days you know is that is that because they are going to thinking about putting him on it's not, a great, it's not a great sign, is it? No. There's the whole announcement that he comes off the pop, everyone gets excited, then we have no seen or heard anything from him since. It's not looking like he's going to be starting week one in New York, does it? Um, Benjamin Victor as well, he's been struck off after a pretty decent outing last week against the Commanders. Is that just a, is that a byproduct of Demarcus Robinson coming in, do you think? I think it has to be really, because there's just a... I mean, the, the problem is that they haven't got that much in the way of standout wide receivers, but they've got a lot of guys who might make a difference if they're given the chance. And there's just only so much room you've got to to squeeze those guys in. So, 
say Victor Shamar Bridges, who had a you know made a really good showing in the first preseason game, and a lot of people liked his his just his size, making him a threat um, in the red zone. He's been waived as injured. Um, Polk had a good second game, was it? He was good in one of the preseason games, or maybe it's the first one. Um, Polk has has gone as well. They had a lot of receivers kicking around to see who would sort of show them something, and a bunch of those guys have gone. But I still reckon they've kept five. I've been looking for a list of what the actual 53-man is, but I think they've kept five receivers. They have kept five. I I have now worked out what the 53-man is (laughs) Um, from my my pre-53-man gut prediction, which uh, was obviously very wrong. (laughs) <laughs> so if, if we want to go through it, I can I can quickly reel the names off, but that's probably yeah, useless. Go for it. Should I? No, no, yeah, go for it, go for it. So Lamar close. Jackson and Tyler Hudley at quarterback. Um, running back J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, Justice Hill and Pat Ricard. Tight end Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Cola and Josh Oliver. The wow, Ravens have kept a, five tight ends. Big tight end room, wow. Uh, offensive tackle, you've got Juwan James, Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses, Daniel Farlele. Um, yes. Guards, Ben Cleveland, Ben Powers, Pat McCarry, Tyree Phillips, um, Kevin Zeitler, centers, Tyler Linderbaum, and Tristan Collin. Uh, wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Tyler Wallace. Defensive line, Broderick Washington, Calais Campbell, Travis Jones, Justin Matabike, Michael Pierce. Outside linebacker, Adafi Owe, Justin Houston, David Ajavo. Inside linebacker, Josh Bynes, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Josh Ross, Christian Welch. Cornerback, Jalen Armour-Davis, Kyle Fuller, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Demarion Williams, Brandon Stevens. Safety, Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, Gino Stone, and the Wolfpack, <laughs> the three. Wow. Uh, Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, and Nick Moore. Um, so just to point out for people who are listening to this, I'm sure there will be an updated version by the time you're listening to this, which will probably include someone in for Charlie Kovler. We're thinking possibly Kenyon Drake, someone in for David Ajabo, who we're thinking possibly Stephen Means. And then potentially there will be others heading towards injured reserve because there are some weird bloated, bloated parts of the, of the roster, including definitely offensive line, which is up at 11 and is a strange number to keep. Um, just logistically, because of having guys on special teams, you really shouldn't be keeping 11 offensive linemen on a 53-man roster. Have we got any tight ends that could play outside linebacker, James? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Josh, the Josh Oliver one is really surprising to me. Um, he was worth a flyer back, you know, uh, what I think it was about 18 months ago. They traded like a seventh-round pick for him. Uh, it was certainly worth it then with his athletic ability, but he's had a real run at it in a very tight and friendly offense and isn't showing particularly much. It might be that they're keeping him from a blocking perspective, but you know maybe they're worried about Nick Boyle's health. I, I don't know, but it seems a very strange decision to make to keep a Josh Oliver and to risk losing some other potentially talented players. I'm very surprised that Darius Washington didn't make the 53. Um, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm surprised at some others as well. Like I was surprised at Isaiah Mack being an early cut. Um, I thought he would he would make the team, but they've also got a history of not keeping that many defensive linemen either, interior defensive linemen. Um, and they've gone with five, which is their usual number, but they may end up bringing Brent Urban back as well. So some interesting cuts for definite. 
One that we haven't spoke about yet, that I think it's because it happened a couple of days ago, Shane. Tony Jefferson, he was an early cut, cut roster cut. What do you think? Just the, the room were a little bit too full to fill, to, to take his space and maybe could get some work somewhere else? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel bad for Tony Jefferson because he seems like a great guy and he's had just terrible luck throughout his career. You know, his draft stock dropped because of smoking weed in college, I think, um, which caused him to, to to drop from being a high draft prospect. Um, then he was, you know, when he ended up at the Ravens, he was highly touted. Everyone thought he was going to be um, a, a really uh, just a long-standing safety for this team, I guess. And then in the, was it the 2018 season he was injured? So the defense had started off quite badly. Nobody was really playing that well. He then got injured for the season and the defense then kind of picked up. Um, and at that point, he was up for a new contract with the uncertainty around his injury and the fact that he'd started off badly. The Ravens just didn't pick up the contract. So he kind of lost out again there and ended up on injured reserve in various places and sort of trying to get himself a job. Um, he seems to have really got himself back to full fitness and says that he's playing as as well as he ever did, but he's lost out again just again through bad luck. You know, the Ravens added a free agent uh, safety this season. They drafted a safety high. There's just a limit to how many guys they can fit in, I guess. A lot of people thought he would be the Anthony Levine kind of figure uh, taking over on special teams, and it sounds like he was well up for doing that. Um, but it's just a shame that throughout his career, he's never really got the opportunity to play at his best for an extended period. But um I would imagine somebody's going to give him a flyer somewhere, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence in him. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he just sort of winds it down. Apparently, he's interested in going into front office role somewhere, and you know, with a view to one day making it to being a um, a GM or something like that. So you'd have to go through the whole scouting treadmill, I guess. But um, but yeah, I feel bad that we never got to see him be as good as I think he can be. Especially now I can see as well. You can't, you can't only imagine how much better he performed like, this year. Now I can actually that, see what he's doing. That's the thing. Like, he could play that good and he couldn't see. It's the, incredible. The, there was a lot of talk uh, when he got cut that he would be one of these sort of handshake deals and, and the Ravens would bring him back. I'm, I'm not sure that was that was ever the, the case. And perhaps they let him go so early in the process because of who he is and and they're giving him a chance and, and other people a chance to see that he's out there he's available and and maybe he does get picked up by by some other team i mean you've got to, i mean touch wood before i say what i'm about to say but you've got to think that should the ravens suffer any injuries in that cornerback room he's going to be the first phone call they make straight away and this is this might not be the end for tony jefferson on the baltimore ravens should we have anything that resembles a season uh, for cornerbacks like we did last year. So it might not be goodbye. It might just be farewell for now. We'll see. And you know how much Ravens and players who have played for the Ravens love this organization. There's nothing to say. We're not going to see him in the building as a scout and, and taking on that, taking on that role. So I doubt this is the last we have seen of Tony Jefferson. Before we go off this, is there any, based on the roster that James has just predicted for us. And while we still don't know what the final 53 is going to look like with the moves and cuts, is there any other positions anyone wants to discuss or any players that we haven't discussed that have been released that have come with a bit of a surprise? 
I still think, and I, I knew this was going to be a concern, whatever they did with the players they had available, but wide receiver is still a big concern for me, really. I think you've got Bateman, who looks like a, a first-teamer. I, I like him a lot. Um, he's a guy I've definitely got confidence in. Robinson looked great in the, the preseason game that we'll talk about in a bit, um, but he should have because he was playing against people way below his skill level. And if you look at the Ravens, um, the the free agent wide receivers that they've brought in, in the, certainly in the Greg Roman offensive era, they don't have a good record in you know, what corporate people would call onboarding those receivers. They don't seem to bring them into the system very well. They don't seem to know how to make the most of their talents. Um, they don't seem to, to, certainly they haven't found a Steve Smith figure. Um, and then below them on the roster, you've got a bunch of guys who were hoping prove it. You know, we're hoping Prashe lives up to his potential. James has spoken about um, just how difficult that's going to be. Um, Duvernay, I, I think, is an excellent special teamer, but has to prove a lot as a wide receiver. Um, and loads of people talk about Wallace's potential, which is definitely there, but it worries me to have three of the five being guys where you think, yeah, if everything goes right, they could be really be great. It's like, well, yeah, but everything doesn't always go right, does it? We've seen that plenty of times. The, the five, think... the five inside backers, to, to me, is a bit of a, a bit of a strange one. Um, especially we've we've talked so much about the Ravens probably trotting out three safeties this year. I just don't think there's enough snaps to go around for all these guys. It was the whole talk of preseason became Ross against Welsh and who who was going to take that final spot. Um, I think most people were were leaning towards Ross. And I just don't see how you get all these guys enough snaps for it to to make sense, really. Ross wasn't going to make it, but then once Jim Harbour said it was going to happen, they were like, oh, we're committed now. We're going to have to... We can't, like, cause a family rift. Um, I think... Yeah, sorry, if nobody knows what I'm talking about, it's because Jim Harbour said, um, so Monday night, I guess, in the US on a radio show, uh, said that uh, that Ross was going to make the team and it was keeping the streak alive of undrafted free agents, which isn't true because the streak actually broke a few years back. Um, but I imagine John Harbour must have gone through the ceiling when he heard that, mustn't he? Like your brothers just sort of announcing on radio shows who you're signing and who you know who you're keeping on your fifty three and who you're not. Just bonkers. It'd have been nice in, you know, up front, but he'd have been fuming inside. I'm I'm probably giving him a call. <laughs> I um so just be, just uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to go just go through the list of the waived uh players and just work out so that there's just a few that I think if you if you are looking them and and, and surprised um in the first instance. Um, we were as well. I think just considering it a little bit more, I think Tyler Beatty is a, is a strange one because I thought he did okay in the preseason. Not great, but he did okay. I liked the way he caught the ball out of the backfield. Tyler Beatty is probably a calculation. There's a lot of veteran running backs out there on the market. So I imagine they have calculated that Tyler Beatty isn't going to get picked up by another team onto their 53 and so feel like they can get him onto the practice squad. So I think that's probably them calculating that they could get Beatty onto the practice squad. I think you could probably say the same um, for some of the receivers, for Victor and Polk and Webb. feels like lots of receivers out there too that would potentially be picked up before them. And so they could probably get a lot of those onto the onto the practice squad too. 
I think the the ones that they're at risk of losing within the waived players is Isaiah Mack, um, who played really well in the preseason, and someone will probably look at a Baltimore defensive line reject and think I'll pick one of them up and take a take a shot. Um, I also think Ardarius Washington is talented enough to get picked up, um, so they may lose him. But both of them, I'm sure they'll want to get on the practice squad. The waived injured guys, Shamar Bridges, Aaron Crawford, and Dalen Hayes, can all go on to injured reserve if they're not waived, if they're not claimed on waivers. So it may have been that Dalen Hayes, they wanted to keep him. They didn't think he was going to play. They thought they'd try and get him through waivers and get him onto IR um, for another year. So that could be a possibility. It's still a strange one, but that might have been why they did that. Same with Aaron Crawford and Shamar Bridges, who both showed something, um, have showed something over their careers with the Ravens, either in the preseason or before. And then the vested vets, Tony Jefferson, Stephen Means, Kevon Seymour, Brent Urban, all candidates to potentially return um, on handshake deals as they put guys on IR, um, which, of course, the Ravens have plenty of candidates for IR. Um, Charlie Cowher. Uh, and David Ajabo, we've already talked about. My position group I just wanted to quickly touch on was running back. Um, I find it interesting that they are pursuing Kenyon Drake so hard um, that they've kept Mike Davis and not even tried to get I thought he would be one that might get cut to bring back on a vested vet deal um, because he's you know not necessarily going to have a market much of a market elsewhere. And also with the Ravens, it's a very run, running back friendly offense. So you would have thought you'd have been able to get him back pretty easily. So they kept Mike Davis, didn't risk losing him. They kept a veteran in Justice Hill. Um, and it looks like they're going to bring in Kenyon Drake. To me, that signals that they're a little bit worried about Dobbins. Whatever Dobbins says on Twitter about being back for week one, seems like they are a little bit concerned about Dobbins either being back for week one or being himself in early in the season. So... I think you James, it, in a team that runs the ball so much, that's a that's a that's a concern. With Justice Hill, is that a is that a nod to special teams? Is is it is importance to special teams that's kept you on this roster over your Tyler Bates or your other options? I think it's a special teams decision, but I also think if you were when you look at Justice Hill and his ability right now, he he is above Tyler Bates as a runner. Like it, it just it, there is a there is a clear I think delineation between the and I like Bates. But I think Hill is a better runner right now. I also think you don't know with Beatty. There is a there is a potential development curve there that could take him above Hill. We have Hill's been in the league a few years. So I think if you feel better about your starting running back, you potentially keep the developmental guy, not the veteran who's good on special teams, who you know who he is, but you're not necessarily sure who he's going to be. You're pretty sure that that's who he's going to be in the future. So I feel like losing Beatty was also another signal that keeping Hill was more important to them because they know what they're getting from Hill right now. Um, and, and it's a little bit better performance than they would get out of Beatty right now. We need to get strapped in for an interesting 24 hours on Ravens Twitter, Ian and Shane. This is the 24 hours where every wide receiver and running back that's been cut from another team is going to be lined up to the Ravens. It's still too early to see if anyone of note becomes of it. Have we already been linked to someone earlier this morning? Have I seen on the WhatsApp group as a wide receiver been let off that everybody all of a sudden wants? Well, I fired off a couple of tweets. There's a, a guy called Tyler Johnson got released. Uh, or is It is claimed that he will be onto waivers. I imagine by the time you listen to this, you'll know where he's going. Uh, if he is waived... Um, 
then he will go through waivers and the Ravens won't get him because they are they are 14th on the priority list for waivers. So there will be another team that picks him up. What they could do is take their 11 offensive linemen, take one of their interior offensive linemen and send him to the Buccaneers in, in exchange for Tyler Johnson. Uh, the Buccaneers are a bit desperate for interior offensive linemen at the moment. Ryan Jensen went down with a long-term knee injury and then Robert Hainsey, who took over for Jensen, also went down with an injury in the preseason game. The guy who came in for Hainsey also went down with an injury. <laughs> so they are down to their fourth string center. So could throw Tristan Colon to, to the um, to the Buccaneers for, for Tyler Johnson. And then he wouldn't go through waivers. Uh, usually when teams su- suggest that somebody's going on to waivers, that's the attempt. It's to smoke out a potential trade partner. Uh, and so you need to keep an eye on those kinds of uh, guys getting waived today that would be a potential for that. Maybe the Buccaneers want Josh Oliver. Maybe they've put in a request, special request. <laughs> Can you keep Josh Oliver and, and Colon and we'll take those two in return for this dude? Meanwhile, in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars just can't decide, so I've kept both kickers because they don't want to risk <laughs> losing one of them. Shout out to Jake if you've got this far into the podcast. My Jack's friend who listens, your organization is a joke. Right. Imagine okay. not having like, imagine not having enough contenders where you think, yeah, we can take two kickers, that's fine. Don't really we've not 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 a hot competition for places on the fifty-three. I'm sorry, but there are so many American football teams that get such little criticism for the staggering indecision that they have. Like <laughs> the amount of college coaches who say, I'm gonna start this quarterback for week one and this quarterback for week two and then this quarterback for week three, make a decision. It's not you've looked at them for weeks. How have you not decided yet? Also, it's a kicker. Oh god. Ridiculous. I, mean, I don't mean to talk about I don't mean to talk about tight ends, but isn't OJ Howard good? Is he <laughs> did he fall off? He was good. The Bills have released him anyway, so he's out there. So. He he was the guy that Ravens flock lost their mind over when we drafted Marlon Humphrey. We took Humphrey what a spot ahead of him or two spots ahead. And Ravens flock lost their mind. Oh, well, he's well, one... now, now on, available if we want to add another body to that tight end. Group. Yeah, we're definitely not short of tight ends. That's one area where we're not going to be linked to uh, to a position. But as you say, every wide receiver, every running back, every outside linebacker, they're all going to be linked to the Ravens over the next 24 hours or so. Well, have fun on the Twitter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, speaking of having fun on Twitter, while well, the UK Ravens, well, I guess the global Ravens flock goes into the meltdown, shall we talk about Lamar Jackson and his recent tweeting? <laughs> Any, anybody want to take this, Ian? Are you looking particularly uh, stressed was, about the situation? Yeah, this is. So I, I live on Twitter. This is all I do is scroll, refresh Twitter. And this all happened last night. And my God, it was just, it was meltdown, wasn't it? So basically two, I think two random guys were having a conversation about, about Lamar and as they tend to do, they added him in the conversation and, um, and, and some, one of them mentioned that the Ravens had offered 250 million guaranteed and that Lamar had, had turned it down. And the first tweet was, no, they didn't. That, that was it. No, they didn't offer 250 million guaranteed, which I think we all knew that anyway. That's not a surprise. Everybody knew that the Ravens haven't offered this money. And that was it. Suddenly it was, oh, it was absolute end of the world stuff. 20 minutes later, Lamar's 
like this picture of him that someone's mocked him up in a Dolphins jersey. He's telling everyone that he used to be a Cowboys fan, but the Dolphins were a close second. And oh, it's just absolute mayhem everywhere. People, you know, Palomar, we're ruining it. Oh, Eric DeCosta's got to go. John Harbaugh's got to go. Burn the whole place down. I mean, if you really want to get upset, if you like, I, I don't have Instagram, but you can go and look at Lamar's Instagram now. He's scrubbed that completely. He doesn't even have a profile. Oh, really? Pic- he doesn't even have a profile picture on Instagram at the minute. There's no mention of the Ravens. There's some pictures of him in Ravens uniform, but it just says sports person. There's no, you know, quarterback for the Ravens. There's oh, none of that. Oh, no. On, honestly, like, people are losing their minds. I, I kind of think Lamar's just sat at home with like a, you know, that meme with the guy who does the popcorn and he's just sat there and like, just, I, I, it was an absolute shambles last night on Twitter. I, I mean, I, I would hope that is the case because I don't want to think we're dealing with a Kyler Murray style. I've always um, commended Lamar on this podcast for how he's dealt with this situation and most situations surrounding the Ravens, the whole social media scrubbing and, adding fuel to the fire just just isn't for me shane where do you think this where do you think this is going is this going to an announcement of a a new contract in a week's time or is this going to be something we talk about all season i suspect it's going to be the latter i don't think there's going to be an announcement between now and the start of the season but but there might be i mean the thing is it's both sides have kept this so close that it's it's really hard to know what's going on i think none of this None of this spectacle around it matters because ultimately what we do know is the Ravens haven't made an offer that Lamar Jackson is willing to accept. Like for whatever reason, whether it's money, whether it's the timing, whether it's the the length of the deal, they haven't made him an offer that he's willing to accept. As soon as they do that, this whole thing will change and any kind of frustration he feels with the organization will melt away because the deal will have been done. Um, so this is either going to end with an announcement of the deal or it's going to end with one side saying we're no longer talking because we couldn't reach agreement. But until then, all of this noise, if you know, if Lamar's getting frustrated, he's getting frustrated. That's just part of how these deals often go. I think it's it's just not really worth trying to speculate as to, as to what's going on. Well, um, it's it's like an obvious thing to say, but you know, until until there is agreement, they are in disagreement. That's how it works. That's literally what is going on. So they're not going to agree until they agree, and then that's just going to you know it will just suddenly click into place. But it, what's complicating this, and we've mentioned this before, is that neither side really has any massive urgency to do the deal. The Ravens know that the franchise tag is not prohibitively expensive given how much they're likely to have to pay Lamar. And Lamar seems to be uncharacteristically patient when it comes to these kinds of players. So neither side is in a rush. So they can just let this play out. They can just, as a negotiating tactic, just sit back and go, I'm just going to wait then, Uh, which obviously is driving everybody watching crazy because we want this settled. We want to know he is going to be the QB for the next five years or more. Um, And we want to not have to worry about him going off to uh, to to Miami or, or wherever, but um, it's you know it's not going to happen until it happens, which is a, a bland and obvious thing to say, but that is the reality of the situation. The, the Miami thing is quite funny to me because they're they're one team that I don't think could could get Lamar if if they if the Ravens do tag him, it's going to cost what three four first round picks at, at least 
to get hold of it. Yeah. This is this is what he's going to go for. The Dolphins don't have that. They've just been stripped of a first round pick for their tampering or whatever they were doing, whatever nonsense was going on. So all these people and also lo- if it, losing their mind. If you're as ambitious as Lamar clearly is, and you know he's a smart guy, he's he's thinking in terms of his career and he knows what he's doing. Why would you go to the Dolphins? Like why? You know, there's going to be a handful of organisations that you would seriously consider if you're a player with Lamar's ability and Lamar's ambition. The Dolphins are not one of those organisations. It's a complete garbage fire of a of a of a franchise. Shane, shush! I've got to go to Baltimore to watch the Miami. <laughs> Please, let's not start spreading negative Miami <laughs> stuff because that's going to come back but, and ruin my honeymoon. <laughs> I mean, you know, they can win games, and they they beat us last season. They beat us handily last season. Um, but how many playoff wins do they have in the last thirty years? Is it even one? Not sure it is. I mean, this is you know, this is a franchise that was great in the seventies and the eighties, and since then has just been a constant mess, and usually of their own making. And I think Lamar is smart enough to look at that. It would be like him going to the Lions. Like, why would you? Why would you go to a franchise that like actively destroys Hall of Fame players, uh, which is the Lions rather than the Dolphins? A bit of a live update on this, Shane. Live update. A tweet has just come in a minute ago from LJ underscore Era Eight. It appears, and he has gone a, to the Dolphins. It appears to be a Photoshop of him wearing a Ravens uniform with a, a Ravens headband. No content. Nice. Well. <laughs> With emojis and him wearing a Ravens shirt. So maybe you are right. Maybe he's just sat at home um, playing us all like puppets. It, it, like, it, would, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if this is all done and dusted and a couple of days it comes out and he's signed a contract and he's just sat there and out. Like Mark Andrews came out today and said he's, he's a fun guy. Like he does his own thing. Like I just, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I'll tell you who I blame for this is the Cleveland Browns. The sod off. I hate the Cleveland Browns. They, they ruined everything with that stupid contract they gave to that. I won't swear, Gaz, because I know you have to do work if I do. So yeah, blame the Browns. The um, the one thing I just wanted to point out was um, I think I think it's I think it is going to continue to to drag. You know, I, d- I don't think that. Either team is, uh, as Shane said, I don't think either side particularly has it has much urgency. I think Lamar, I st- as I've said before, I think Lamar will just continue to be patient. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the longer it goes, the more leverage Lamar has. We're still a long way out from Lamar having, you know, tons of leverage because we're still three years away from, from a potential exit in, free, in unrestricted free agency. With Lamar, but I just I think he's going to continue to be patient, and I think he's going to continue to to bet on himself. Steve Bashari said we'll pay him when he's ready uh, earlier in the off season, which to me says they know that there's a number for Lamar that they're going to have to pay. They, you know, and that number may go up over the next year uh, as other maybe as other deals get signed. You know, we don't know. Justin Herbert, I don't think, has signed a deal yet, so there may be some other deals get signed that that reset the market. But Lamar is going to cost what he costs. He's going to reset the market when when that happens. It might be a few more million a year that they have to pay to wait. But we're not. The thing people keep getting into is talking about Joe Flacco situation where you kind of Joe Flacco bet on himself and then then signed a huge contract. Joe Flacco wasn't like (laughs) Joe Flacco. If he'd signed a contract before that season was going to sign a contract for a lot less than he signed his contract for a lot less. So it really cost the Ravens to let Joe Flacco do that. Lamar Jackson's an MVP. 
that the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender every year because of the man. That he's, you know, he's going to cost what he costs, and it's not going to cost that much more by waiting a little bit longer. The the issue, like I said, is if Lamar continues to continues to wait this out and continues to be patient. And I, you know, there's, I read a piece on there was a great piece on the Athletic this week uh, about from a bunch of agents basically sort of spouting a load of stuff, and there was a load of load of rubbish and nonsense as we usually get from agents about Lamar. But there were a couple of them who were sort of saying actually it's really great his patience, like that's one element of having an agent that you really struggle with because the agent is worried about potentially losing you as a client, wants to get the money through the door. So they're pushing for a deal, pushing for a deal, pushing for a deal. Lamar doesn't have that problem. He doesn't have somebody pushing him to make the deal. So there's still an, I think there is still an argument to say Lamar, like a baseball player, is waiting out his free agency. I I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast. There's a particular agent in baseball that doesn't let his clients sign deals with their with their current with their teams that they they eventually come up into the major leagues with. They have they are forced basically by this agent called Scott Boris to wait it out. And in in Major League Baseball, you have to wait six to seven years from the first time you come up into the major leagues before you get to free agency. He makes them wait because the amount you get on the free agent market is huge. Now, obviously, baseball's a non-contact sport. There's less chance of injury. So there's lots of things that go into it. But I still wonder whether whether Lamar is going to be the first former MVP quarterback. Good chance former Super Bowl MVP quarterback by that point, which will be three, in three years' time, to hit the open market. Can you imagine <laughs> the bidding war if he did? So... You know, there's there's still an argument that that's what his plan is, um, and he's quite happy to wait that wait that situation out. The way to see this is it's kind of like um, it's like how a typical Lamar Jackson play unfolds. If you imagine the pass rushes as being the Ravens' front office trying to get the deal done, and you know he sort of spins out of it, and then he rolls around, and you're like. This is this is going to end in a second, isn't it? And it's like, oh no, now where's he going? Oh no, I can't, I just can't believe this isn't over yet. Uh, and he's essentially playing uh, the contract process like one of his snaps, just continually extending the play for well, potentially years, as James says. No quarterback has won the Super Bowl on their second contract. So, Ma, if you want to hold off and win a Super Bowl this season. That is fine by me. Lamar is currently active on Twitter. He is liking things as we record this. So who knows what chaos is going to happen on my tile line as we get through the back end of this podcast. Ronnie Stanley passes physical but isn't practicing. We've touched on this. Do we want to go on any more detail? James, I'm going to look to you as the O-line man. Wait, where's um, Dr. Sid when we need him? Um, what, what what do we think here? P- panic now? I think it's probably panic stations a little bit, isn't it? I think it's probably a little bit panic stations, and I'm not exactly predisposed to panicking. It, um, <laughs> as you've heard from me many times, I, I like to be the calm-headed voice of reason on players. Uh, I am a little bit worried about Ronnie Stanley. Um, you know, he's he's obviously past the physical. You know, if. It's a strange situation to have him pass the physical, not practicing. Um, it, it's just really odd, and I, 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 it really does worry you that that there's something gone on with his ankle I don't, or, or with with him um, that has left him in this weird situation. He it, it, it clearly isn't going to play in week one. Harbaugh was kind of leaving the door open, but 
to me, it just does not seem feasible that he's going to play week one. <laughs> Juwan James has been solid in the preseason. He's obviously not faced much much competition in the preseason. So we'll see, you know, even week one, really, against the Jets, what's going on there. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a chance that, you know, the Ravens are able to get by with Juwan James if he's able to, to reach a level that, you know, he was pre-injury. But that's a massive if to be gambling on. So it's just a really odd one. And, and, and I can see a number of outcomes for it. I can see one outcome being that he's done for his career. Like that, that does that, seem to be a possibility worry. at this point. That, that's the big worry for me is that Harbour and the Ravens have, have kind of got to this point where they've, they've said, right, you're, you're back. You've passed the physical. You get out there. And I wonder now whether it's Ronnie who maybe if it's, there's something mental with him and he's sort of, he's the one that's holding himself out of practice. And Harbour's basically saying to him, look, you've got to get out there and get on the field. And it's Ronnie himself who's, who's, holding I, I obviously don't know this at all that's this is my worry that you know that's a horrific injury to go through two years of three years of rehab it, it can't be easy to step out on that field again and have someone hit you so um i'm i'm still praying and fingers crossed that he gets back out there and and this is all just the ravens being really cautious with him but uh, it's it's definitely a worry and also there's a fatigue element. I mean, players have spoken before about just the mental toll that being in rehab for a long, long time takes. And certain players just get to a stage where they they just think, actually, you know, I just can't go through this another time. I mean, Andrew Luck basically walked away from the NFL for precisely that reason. He was sick of rehab predominantly. But um, I think it's... I don't know. I think there's still there's still a wait and see here. I think the you know the Ravens are playing it ultra cautious, which is the right thing to do. The fact that he's passed the physical test doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be ready to to go straight back into practice, or that they would want to put him back into practice immediately. They have all these uh, new protocols that they've put in after you know the 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 massacre that was last year. So it may well be that that there's an element of caution that's played into him not training and everybody at this stage because we have this information vacuum everybody is panicking because they fear the worst but it might not be i mean let's just i think we have to wait and see on that one okay let's wait and see then right guys oh and also on sorry to completely derail your your link there Um, when james james was talking about Juwan james and how he might play and i was just thinking he's he's been playing quite well actually Uh, and then i realized that was madden and not real life. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to I just wanted to throw that in there. There is a possibility that at certain points in this season, I may confuse Madden and real life, uh, and that does that happens occasionally. It would be oh, great. God, if... I'm, glad, I'm glad you're not running the podcast next four weeks. I don't know if people have seen, but it would be great if there was a, if that Madden glitch comes to real life. Have you seen the the glitch where the the front office of the team that you're playing? Ends up in the middle of the in the middle of the field, and you play, oh, play no, in I'm the offices. Seen that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fun. You're trying to throw it, and there's a brick, literal brick wall in front of you. It's kind of <laughs> that would be oh. unusual. It would be worth seeing, definitely. <laughs> uh, somebody I'm tweeted not- this earlier today about the the likelihood of getting this or that player on the Ravens roster and they used the words unfortunately this isn't Madden and I was like I can think of lots of reasons why I'm glad real life isn't Madden like there's an awful lot of stuff that goes on in that game that I really don't want to see happening on an NFL field thanks very much 
Well, true to form, we are really in the weeds here. Right, okay. <laughs> How confident do you want to be going into this next point? Bear in mind, this podcast is not going to get released until probably at least Wednesday lunchtime, maybe even Thursday. Kenyon Drake signing. Kenyon Drake signed with the Ravens, are we saying? Where, where are we going, Shane? Well, this is, well this he is seems real to think life. so. Real life, not in, in Madden, real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In uh, in Madden, I couldn't land him at all. I couldn't get any kind of deal going. Um, no, he seems to think so. He tweeted the the old purple devil horns earlier, didn't he? But whether that was just to say, "Yep, I'm in Baltimore," or whether that was a suggestion that he'd been tipped the nod that they were going to bring him through. Um, all of the all of the people who are sort of have their ear to the ground of the Ravens have said it's going to happen. So. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. But uh, as you say, by the time this podcast is released, the listeners will, will know more than we do. He's coming off a fairly hefty injury, is he Is he not? Am I making that up? Sure. I, I, oh, maybe I'm making uh, it up. I, I not that I know of. Okay, I'm talking nonsense. Ignore me. I'm thinking of someone else. I think he's, hasn't he been like, like particularly durable, in fact. Hasn't he only missed two two of the possible games he could have played in, I think? I think yes. he's like 87 out of 89. Oh, the- no. Kenyon Drakes is returning to the field after suffering a season-ending ankle injury late in the 2021 oh. campaign. Oh, in his first year, blah, 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 blah. So I think he was pretty bulletproof until late 21. So he is coming oh. off an ankle. Let's see if I can find out. The Bro- only thing- broken ankle. Week 13. The only thing with saying he's he's been durable is that he's the his entire career been a backup. You know, he he was second, third string at Alabama for his four years there. He played behind Derrick Henry and others. Uh, and then he's come into the league and never been the workhorse. So he's not played many snaps in while he's been in the league. Uh, That's say. true. Although he's coming into, I mean, the, the Greg Roman way is not to really have a bell cow kind of running back so he will get all of them will be on some sort of snap count won't they so they probably won't be too worried about that they'll probably quite like the fact that he's relatively low mileage for a, a running back who's played as many seasons in the nfl as he has he one did, thing sorry um, to injuries did injuries wrist in the hall of fame game but then apparently did return to the game later that later in the game so it shouldn't be too serious sorry james I was just going to say, sorry to go back to the roster thing, but you know, f- four running backs, five tight ends, eleven offensive linemen. Are they just? Are they just saying, like Greg Roman, hang yourself or win a Super Bowl? Like, is that what this is? <laughs> We're giving you all the resources that you have asked for. See what you can do with this lot. They tried to pay them out as little as possible. So when they start negotiating the next season, next season is only throwing for eight hundred yards all year. They're like, "Well, you're only throwing for eight hundred yards." It's like, "Yeah, yep. no wide receivers and <laughs> eleven blocking tight ends." They'll say, "But you did say you wanted us to fix the offensive line. We've got <laughs> we've got an eleven man offensive line. What more can we do, Lamar?" Ravens lead the league in four tight ends and a fullback personnel. <laughs> You joke, but we probably will do. <laughs> okay, let's go back a couple of weeks then, seeing as we didn't get to record last week because I've got a wedding to plan for, a coffee empire to run, and we just couldn't get the all of us together or more than two of us together. We had to skip last week. Sorry, unfortunately, we do not get paid for this podcast and we have actual 
jobs. If you would like to donate, we'll set up a GoFundMe and we'll promise to do one every week if that's where <laughs> we want to go with it. So let's go back to preseason week two and a 24-17 win over the Cardinals. We'll just go over these pretty quickly. Um, right, the winning streak was 21 games going into this game. We then went up to 22 by winning. Shane, did you see much of this with you being away, or are you were you, were you switched off for week two? I'm forgetting. Uh, I, st- I saw we the highlights over. Uh, I saw the highlights on terrible Wi-Fi in an Airbnb. So I've seen like a very bad uh, rendition played out by enormous <laughs> pixels. Um, but yes, I noticed that that likely seemed to have a, a really impressive game. Um, but and also. You know the lack of kind of big name starters, which which seems to have run through this uh, this preseason. Let's talk about Isaiah Likely while we're on Isaiah Likely and sort of I guess combine both games into one. Anyone else surprised that they didn't even dress Likely last week? Did that feel or well he had a jersey on but no pads? I believe. I, I think um, that I think okay. that shows you what what they think of him for a for a fourth round rookie to be. Stood on stood on the sideline in the last preseason game. I think everyone knew there and then that that this guy's not only a lock to make the roster, but he's he's very well thought of. He's the one name that's been popping up all through training camp. Um, we, we've said it before. We're not really sure is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? He he's a weapon. He's a weapon in this offense. You've seen it with the ball the ball in his hand, and he he's another guy that. The, the defense has to spend time thinking about um, and the more of those you, you can put around Lamar people go on and on about you know we haven't Lamar hasn't got any weapons well Mark Andrews you've got Likely you can have Bateman Sudden, suddenly you're you're up to three or four you've got to count for Lamar keeping the ball as well as, you know th- this offense isn't going to be easy to stop Ian you hit the nail on the head there in terms of the um, you know, what the defence is going to have to respond to. I wrote a piece on um, Russell Street Report uh, last week, just sort of detailing. I-, I went back and watched a bunch of 2019 film and basically sort of zeroed in on Hayden Hurst's role in that in that offence. And, you know, he was used in a myriad of different ways. And, and yes, he, you know, had modest totals in terms of receptions and yardage and, and, um, and touchdowns, but it was, it was, it was fat, like it was fine. It was 300 odd yards, 30 receptions, a few touchdowns. You know, he did contribute, but the ways in which he didn't contribute on the stat sheet were the other interesting ways because he was always split out tight with Mark Andrews out of the slot. He was sometimes split out at the X receiver spot. The Ravens would run all kinds of creative plays off of Hayden Hurst's movement, off of what he was doing. So he would, if he was at the X receiver spot, sometimes he'd come in and block a linebacker and spring a, um, a bubble screen uh, down the sideline. There were times when he would go out from, went from, you know, as a receiver out from the slot. There were times when he was a decoy for Mark Andrews. You know, he'd, he'd dart out to the sideline on a, on a quick out and Mark Andrews would be going up the seam and, you know, the, split second that the DB's eyes was taken on to Hayden Hurst, the little bit of a threat that he was, freed up Mark Andrews. So I I feel like they're going to use him in a very similar way because the, the strength of his block, like his blocking needs work, but the strength of his blocking is out in space. So if you can get him moving, get him into the second level and blocking DBs, blocking linebackers, he's going to do a job for you as a blocker. And he's then going to be even more of a threat as a receiver than Hayden Hurst was. You know, he showed in that game 
uh, in the preseason game too, just how effective he can be at the catch point with his play strength, with the way he positions his body. Um, you saw like all of the consistency in his in his route running. He's got a very consistent stem. He's got really nice body lean. He reads coverages brilliantly. He'll settle down in zones and be able to 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 be a real friend to Lamar, um, who faces a lot of zone coverage for obvious reasons. And then the yards after the catch in that game was just was was awesome. So he's he's a real weapon that you know they'll use really effectively this year, and I think will will just make other players better. And you won't necessarily see it lots of the time on the stat sheet. Sometimes you will really see it on the stat sheet. Um, you know, if you decide to take away Andrews and Bateman, likely he's probably going to beat you. Um, so it's a it's a really great option for the Ravens to have. This is probably the most reserved we've ever seen the Ravens in the preseason. Just to sort of bring preseason week three into it, as we say, we didn't see likely. We saw Tyler Huntley for a handful of snaps before being pulled and it being the Anthony Brown show. We, we've really seen nothing of what we, of the starters at all this season. Should we be concerned um, that the that Kyle Hamilton's been left in the games for as long as he should be? Does that show that he's maybe a little bit behind where he he should be at this point? I think if you if you look at who who was playing Hamilton, maybe you can say that. But I think they're just trying to get him reps, like. Um, I can't remember who the guy was. There was a defensive player that was playing late on and got hurt, wasn't there? You, you've got to have some some people out there. Um, Riley Webb ended up playing that game, played the last two snaps, I think, at safety. You have to have somebody back there. Um, and and they are blessed with, with safeties at the minute, and Hamilton does need the reps. So I wasn't looking at that so much as that he's behind. And he, he's missed a few tackles but in, in the preseason, but I don't think that was that was a problem in college maybe James can correct me on that so I'm not not too worried about that um and I think in pre-season these NFL coaches Harbour and the rest they're they're putting these guys in situations that they're not comfortable in to see what they can and can't do I think people forget this and they look at pre-season games and they want to see these guys flashing all over the place but but the coaches are trying to figure out what they can and can't do so they're they're putting them in situations that aren't the best for them um, aren't advantageous and, and figuring out before they get to the season what they can achieve. And nobody's really expecting Hamilton at this point to to come in as a week one starter and play the majority of the snaps either. So it's important for him to get some of those reps, as you say. I think the difference, what's interesting about them keeping Likely out of that third game is it suggests that he's probably going to to figure a lot in their plans because they don't want any niggling injury to to throw the first few weeks of the season into doubt. Um, so obviously the the Ravens' starting lineup is is not going to be dual tight ends, but they're clearly planning on those two guys being on the field quite a lot. I think the situation with Hamilton is different. He's just, you know, he's going to be worked in. Maybe he'll be a starter by the end of the season, but he might not even be that. He might still be just taking up a certain number of, of snaps when they come in to, to particular defensive sets. I had a number of player notes to talk about, if if yeah, you'll indulge for me for it. a bit, Gauss. Are, are we still on week two here? Well, week two and week three, because we did sort right. of amalgamate, didn't we? I'll rock through yeah, a few. Yeah, absolutely. Go for them. <laughs> uh, so I thought um, week two to week three, 
Week two, you saw um, Greg Roman use some uh, uh, use some outside zone runs, use some zone blocking scheme um, in week two, which started to get me excited about Tyler Linderbaum. And then in week three, they used some more zone with Linderbaum running it. And I really got excited about Linderbaum. <laughs> um, so anybody that's listened to us, you know, I get very excited about offensive line play. Tyler Linderbaum could be a real difference maker for our for our running game. I know the running game is already phenomenal and is already great, but it could be more efficient. It could be back at 2019 levels of efficient without needing to, to use the same personnel. And Linderbaum, you know, you, it was only a few snaps, but you saw the, the out outrageous athleticism, his footwork, his ability on on reach blocks, which is what you usually use on zone, uh, in zone blocking schemes, his work as a combination blocker. When he's out in space, he is special, really special. Uh, and so if the Ravens are, are finding ways to use him in that way, uh, he's going to be a real weapon in the running game. And it's not just going to be when they get him pulling you know, they're going to be able to use him, like I said, on combination blocks. They're going to throw some zone in, and it's going to be a really interesting thing to see develop. Uh, he stays so controlled. He fits and he fits his blocks so well in space. I just, I really, really liked what we saw from Linderbaum for, 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 for a little bit in that game. Uh, I also just wanted to touch on, um, I, I think that, you know, <laughs> there were some guys in, pre, in the week three that were worth sort of touching on. I thought Washington and Matabike sort of dominated some of the competition at times, which you would expect, which is really good. They played um, a decent number of snaps. I thought Josh Ross was, again, outstanding. I know we've talked about him already, um, you know, some of his instincts and the way he plays the run. Uh, it's not just about getting to guys on blocks as well. He showed his ability to get off blocks in that in week three too, um, off bigger guys as well. So I really liked that. And then the other guy in week three that was worth talking about was Demarcus Robinson, who you wanted to be up on second and third stringers, and he absolutely did be up on second and third stringers. Still remains to be seen what kind of weapon he's going to be. You know, the Chiefs weren't able to turn him into a consistent receiving threat, so I'm not necessarily sure the Ravens will be able to. Uh, but maybe a bit more focus, a bit more time out there, a few more targets, and we might start to see uh, a bit of improvement from him. The final guy to talk about, and I'll let anybody else come in on, on any of those, was Jordan Stout, um, who I thought in the second preseason game had a phenomenal game. And you started to see why the Ravens prioritized him so highly. Before the game, he said he had about 19 or 20 like different types of punts he could use. And you saw all of them in one well, of all of them. You couldn't possibly see all of them, but you saw a number of them in the game. You know, the way he kind of, he sort of, he was, he was, his directional punting was just phenomenal. He was shaping to, to punt out to the right side and at the last second would yank it back to the left side um, and really confuse the returner. It was, it was just, it was really quite special actually. And something that um, just, you started to see a glimpse of why the Ravens were so psyched to get him and prioritized him so highly in the draft. Um, I think he could be a little bit of a difference maker and, and um, possibly even, you know, after years and years here, outstrip Sam Cook as long as he learns how to take a safety like like Sam did. What's more impressive is <laughs> it's quite good for a rookie punter <laughs> this year. I might I might bleep that out. I'm thinking it all the way through, but that might have to get bleeped out of what unfortunately. That is a very cheap joke. Um to let you know, speaking of cheap jokes, to let you know the difference of the members of this podcast. Well, James was giving an excellent breakdown um, 
of the players over the first two preseason games. I was rapidly Googling a video came up on Instagram today of a mascot getting decapitated as he did a um, front flip. No, the mascot did The actual guy didn't get decapitated, but the head fell off, blah, blah, blah. So I was going to make a whole pun about Poe going off injured and it's the worst injury since um, the BYU mascot, Cosmo, got decapitated at halftime. And then I just, I sort of, took a second and had like a an out-of-body moment where like James is giving up all this awesome information I'm googling <laughs> mascot decapitated <laughs> this, this I, podcast I appreciate this that podcast. as well guys did, did anyone see <laughs> yeah. the, the mascot stiff arm on the on the kid <laughs> yeah. that was horrendous he was not messing around <laughs> That mascot Stefan and the kid looked like Demarcus Robinson playing in week three of the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just what it was. As you said, James, just to just to bring it all back round and talk about what we had to talk about. Demarcus Robinson should have shone. Like he should. It was a um, a professional out there with rookies and people who aren't going to make the team and people who are going to go off to be accountants or sell sneakers or whatever they're going to do in a week's time and. It, it's uh, yeah, it's positive to to see him have such a good game, but it'll be interesting to see him um, week one against the Jets to see if he has a similar um, outing. Um, I'm not even going to pretend I know anything about the offensive line. Anyone else want to to add anything to to James's excellent points though? We'll take James' word for it. Yeah, silence the podcast. So it was a 17-15 win over Washington. Linda Baum played a few snaps, as James mentioned. It was the same matchup where we lost J.K. Dobbins last year, but luckily this one was played at M&T Bank Stadium, where the grass is flat and the stadium is secure. Um, Poe, the mascot, was unfortunately carted off at halftime with an ankle injury, I believe. Um, He was then back on the sideline, throughout the second half, and I'm sure that there that was absolutely the same person inside. <laughs> it wasn't just somebody, <laughs> somebody else that, that got into the costume. Um, probably hardly played. It was the Anthony Brown show. Anthony Brown, you end up on a practice squad. Not quite good enough to, I, to I land think on so. the roster anywhere, but it's going to end up on a practice squad somewhere, isn't it? According yeah. to the WhatsApp, he's going to be our backup and Huntley's going to start when Lamar goes to play for Miami. Isn't that Malami? Miami. When um, that happens, anyone, anyone in agreement there? He looked okay, didn't he? For a third not. string. I, I, I thought he played we? well. You know, Brown played well. He did, you know, did everything they asked of him. At one point, he had quite a good streak of completions going, didn't he? So I think, you know, came in, looked, looked good should end up on a practice squad somewhere and uh, you know, ideally with the Ravens. So they have that third QB stashed away if the if there is an injury to either uh, Lamar or to, to Huntley. But uh, yeah, I thought he looked good. It's also quite nice to see like the, the Brown Jr. jersey. Like we used to have Orlando Brown Jr. And now we've got a second Brown Jr. You don't see a lot of Brown Juniors around you. So, you know. The Ravens seem to get a lot of Browns, don't they? We've had like a lot of Browns throughout the years. Yeah, Brown yeah. juniors, Brown seniors, Brown everybody over the years. Can we please, I know we're an hour in, so I'm not going to run too much, but can we please stop wishing for 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 a like a Tyler Hudley taking <laughs> over the offense? I just, I, I honestly do not get, anybody who thinks that is not, you are not watching Lamar closely. And you, 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 you like, it's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. The kid is a very competent quarterback. He's gonna he's gonna play for quite a long time in the league. I think he is not Lamar Jackson. I, I despair. <laughs> <laughs> Got all choked up then, James. The passion, the, 
the passion seeping through. Okay, anything else? I mean, just to mention Jordan Stout without a cheap joke, I think I will um, bleep it out so you might miss all that anyway. Um, yeah, good luck, good looking punter. I mean, before anything happened with the Matt Ariza stuff, who I'm having a, a conversation with a friend about this um, on the way home from a gig the other night, and he was saying, yeah, but it, it can put it at 83 yards. I like all his punts end up in the end zone. So I appreciate it's impressive that he's got such a big leg, but you're starting on the 25 every time because he's just putting everything out of the back. He's got no, didn't seem to have any placement. It just seems to basically hit it as hard as I can. And the the main thing for Jordan Stahl is I don't think we've missed a kick or an extra point all preseason, have we? And that was the big thing. Jordan Stahl's main job is to hold Justin Tucker's balls. Like he, he, like it is. He is the guy. He is the guy who's come in to hold Justin Tucker's balls. He has also been taking kickoff duties, though, hasn't he? So maybe that's something we're going to start seeing throughout this year to save Tucker's leg a little bit. Is um, Stout taking the kickoffs? So a really good showing from him. Anything else on the two preseason games, the final roster, the cuts? Have we got anything interesting happen on this? Lamar tweeted anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, not lately. So, you know, that's that's something. Um, Bill's cornerback, Tredavious White, is to start the season on the reserve pup list. Worth noting as we do play them within the first four weeks. So that will make our game against the Bills a little bit easier. Speaking about our game with the Bills. Look at you. What a professional. <laughs> what a professional, guys. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, the first 2022 meetup plans are in place for London, October the 2nd, against those very Buffalo Bills. Ian, what is going on with the meetup? They are. So we're talking to the venue at the minute. I won't announce where it is because it's not 100% confirmed, but but we're 95% there. Have um, we been there before? No. Oh, right. Can they sync the sound and video together? Yes. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope so anyway. Um, but I think this is, this is the the day of the first uh, London NFL game as well, isn't it? It's someone's playing at Tottenham Stadium that day. Um, so we've picked a venue that isn't a million miles away. I think it's sort of half an hour maybe a, a little bit more than that away uh, on the tube. So anyone that's that's at Spurs that day um, can nip out 10 or 15 minutes early in the fourth quarter if they like, get on a tube and, and come along and, and watch the Ravens-Bills game with us. Um, hopefully we'll get that confirmed up. Uh, I've got a phone call tomorrow, so hopefully we'll get that confirmed up in the next day or two and we'll start start posting up some, some bits about that. Excellent. Um... I'll speak to Ben to see if there's a planned Leeds day. Although that feels like a, a good time for my annual pilgrimage down to the big smoke and maybe we try and get us all together. James, have you got anything on that day? You're going to be in the city? You're going to... No, you're shaking your head. I Just can't make it that day. This is the oh. first time I've heard of the meal. Why didn't we Why didn't we coordinate with my diary before we... <laughs> this, this, this won't be the only meet. And as always, we're, we're looking for people. We want to put more of these meets on. We're looking for people to actually host them. So if you're in a, an area that we haven't done a meet, uh, we, we haven't been to Birmingham, we haven't done anywhere further north than Leeds, I don't think yet. If you're in Wales and, and you want to host something, please get in contact with us. Tell us where you're going to be 
find a, a bar or a pub that, that's going to show the game. The, the Bills game is going to be the Sky Sports game. I think we can all call that one now. Um, find a pub that's going to show the game. Let us know. We'll tweet it out. We'll stick it on Facebook. We'll get some people there. This is this is what we, it doesn't. We don't just want us to be hosting these things. We want we want to get more people involved and, and have these meets going on all over the place. It's always easier when it is the Sky Game, but it's worth saying, if you ever want to do a game that isn't the Sky Game, you'd be surprised how many venues, if you say, look, I've got 10 to 15 people coming, I've got a private function room that will let you go in, someone takes a laptop. We've, we've all done it where we've taken a laptop. We actually did it at the London game we were referring to. Um, take a laptop, plug it in, so, use someone's game pass. It's a private event, so you haven't got to worry about extra licensing or anything like that. If you, you, you think you'd be interested in doing it, but you're a bit unsure about the setup or how to go about it, please drop us an email at ukoevershow at gmail.com and we'll, 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 we'll help you based on what we've done in the past. We'll tell you give you an idea on how to approach the venues, what sort of things you need to put in place. And the, the guy, we've a lot of our listeners will be in the WhatsApp group already. We've got a great community in the WhatsApp group. We've got a great community on Twitter and through the Facebook groups. We, we will get people in your area. Um, I know there's the local uh, fantasy leagues this year as well. So even if you're just getting the guys from the fantasy league together, eight, 10 of you is enough to book a small function room uh, at a lot of venues. And usually the function room is free. You throw... You throw a hundred quid down, but they say you, if, as long as you spend a hundred quid behind your first hundred quid behind the bar is free. So everyone spends a hundred quid behind the bar. I spend a hundred quid behind the bar on my own. By the time I've ordered two plates of chicken wings and ten pints, it doesn't it doesn't go very far. Does a hundred quid these days? So we will always help out. How are those? How's the fantasy league going? How's the podcast fantasy league going? I think you're still the only one that hasn't signed up, Gary. <laughs> Shane's in there. Shane's got himself a fancy avatar and a team name, but. I still haven't seen you pop up yeah. in there, so I can't. What is my team name? I can't even Sorry. remember. I can't. There's anyway, so many. Go, yeah. There's so many going on. The, it's, it's, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm in there. I signed up. I'm. I assume now we have to draft players. That seems to be the next stage. <laughs> so we're waiting for Gaz to to show up so we can do that. Have we got all the? Um, have we got a full squad apart from me now? We're still waiting on. No, no. Once you're in, we'll we'll then fill the remaining five spots. Oh right, okay. I like to be fashionable. Eh? I want to turn up last <laughs> ten minutes before the draft and then beat you all just to annoy you. Um, okay, I'm gonna go sign up for this um, fantasy league immediately as soon as I finish this podcast. Um. I'm then not going to be with you for a while. So as this podcast comes out on Wednesday or Thursday, I will be either one or two days away from being a married man as I get married on Friday, the 2nd of September. And then got a couple of days at home before jetting off to Miami on Tuesday um, and spending a couple of weeks in the USA, including a visit to m and Bank Stadium on the 18th of September to see the Ravens at home with the Jimmy's famous tailgate. Jimmy's on the Saturday night. We're doing the Guinness tour. We, we, we really, Becky Blesser has given me a, a day of, I appreciate this is a honeymoon, but we can't go to the USA without you having one day that's just based around football. So I've got this one weekend of, of pure football Bliss. So we're going to hand the podcast reins over to Shane. Shane is going to be the stepping host and producer. So Shane, are we, are we excited to, to take hold of the podcast? 
I've got lots of ideas. We're going to pivot in a number of different directions. <laughs> Thinking of changing the topic entirely. I'm not sure about the football thing. Um, so when you come back, it could be it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. Well, luckily, I probably no matter what the subjects, I'd probably be just as clued up as what I have on the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> so you do what you like. Yes, hopefully, um, I'll see a couple of you guys on Friday evening in Bartry. So. I'll be the one in the nice suit and the silly shoes. So it'd be nice to see you all before I go away. And I guess I'll be back with you um, late September, somewhere around. In fact, it might even be October before I'm back with you. The next time you see me might be the London meetup on the 2nd of October. So have fun without me, guys. I'll miss you. And I'll, well, I'll see a couple of you on Friday. Anything else before we get out of here? No. I think it's, to, it's just back to, to normal schedule next week, isn't it? James is going to appear on the uh, the UK Jets podcast, so people can look out for that. And uh, and they're very kindly going to return the favour, so we'll have a, a Jets fan on to tell us all about the New York Jets. Okay, um, next week will be the preview of the Jets game with someone from the UK Jets podcast. Something, something that something like, like that. that. Yeah. UK Jets podcast. James is going on their podcast, and they're coming on ours. And I will see you guys in October. Have fun, Shane. Until October, let's go, Ravens. Thank you for listening to the UK Ravens podcast. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by members of the UK Ravens. Join the community on social media at UK Ravens and facebook.com forward slash UK Ravens. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the UK Ravens podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To be involved with the show, email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com. For more info, links, and to stay up to date, visit www.ukravens.com. I think you've got a week you've got a weekend first yeah we've got a week I first you, i think you've got a weekend first i think next week's going to be your season predictions and then it'll be the week after where you're starting to preview the jets game we do have a bye week before the season we do now starts. we do you're right yeah is it about this weekend though no you're you're right i think no, there's another there's another there's another week i believe we have yeah this weekend's the third and Oh, wait. Yeah, it'll be so this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then sorry. the first no, game sorry. of the season is Sunday week. So this is, we'll have... this is, this is incredible podcasting, guys. Um, <laughs> cut, sorry, cut, yeah. cut this nonsense out. Cut this out. <laughs> cut, cut everything from hour onwards.